Welcome back to the uh, Open Road Podcast. Uh, we got Kelvin and Jeremy just stepped out. I've, I've locked the door, and I'm actually just going to... Uh... Dude, Dude! Guys, I'm in the midst of podcasting right now. Could you please cool it? We're recording, so... Are you recording right oh, now? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so, I just have to say, welcome to the Open Road Podcast. That's it? Thanks, man. That, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> or do you want something more than that? So, are you running the whole show today? Well, I thought I'd just do the intro for you guys. Oh, thank you. Great. Yeah. Do you want to tell our listeners maybe a little more than... You know, since you're one of our biggest fans and our biggest financial supporter... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I own 50% of the Open Road podcast. Yeah. I invested uh, $50 off the uh, the start of your guys' venture. That plus Jared and I was 25. So, Kyle, actually today, Ben and I. So, guys, yeah, welcome to the Open Road podcast. I'm Jeremy. I'm Calvin. And I'm Ben. And Ben is here with us for our interview today. He's a, a friend of mine from Laurier. And, Calvin, so Ben and I were just at Long McQuay to get this cable because I nice. had a XLR cable that busted. And... Like with the the total that it came out to, I gave them fifty bucks, and it was come going to come out to an annoying uh, amount. So I was like, Ben, you got a couple bucks so that I can get fifteen bucks change back. Pulled out a toonie, and he's like, All right, I'm invested in this thing that now. That's yeah. perfect. He owns the cable. <laughs> he owns a the, little yeah, piece yeah. of the cable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Two we inches haven't worth. talked interest rates yet, but uh, they're <laughs> steep. They're really, really steep. Dang it. <laughs> So we oh. are actually live in studio with Ben. Ben, thanks for making the trek out to uh, Burlington to record with us. No problem. I think, is this our first non-Skype interview? In-person interview? Uh, Yeah. Yep. So episode one we did, uh, obviously, live with a couple stories from Tyrone and Katie, but right. this is so much better. You can sit and have a beer and have, really a, is. have a, some popcorn and some chippies and uh, just sh- shoot the breeze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so thanks ca- for having me, guys. Yeah, so good to have you, Ben. <laughs> oh, so good to have you, Ben. This Cal- is gonna really, this is gonna really jumpstart your career. <laughs> I, I think so. The likes are pouring in, you know, the comments, the reviews. I think also the danger here is we're recording and we could just record forever. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Just keep that the is true. Yeah. Well, to be honest way. with you, like I don't think my career can go any lower. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we may drag you down. There's yeah, a yeah, yeah. very good chance. Like I'm, I'm in the basement right now. <laughs> I am the founder. <laughs> like, you can't go any lower. <laughs> but see, that is good because there's nowhere to go but up. Yeah. So it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a real a real win for you and, and a real win for us here. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah. been five years at the... <laughs> <laughs> I've been in basement for five years, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true, though, Jerry. Like, often with the Skype interviews, I feel a bit, like, maybe pressed for time. Like, we were... Because we were taking up people's time and, and uh, we always have lots of stuff we want to fit into the afternoon, but... Ben is here. Like, and, and... He can't really leave <laughs> without yeah, they've, our... they've locked the door... <laughs> It's bolted right I'm his now. ride to the train station. It's not <laughs> like he has a phone because he wouldn't have right. no idea to get there otherwise. Do they have e- even like Uber in Burlington? Is is that uh, a thing no, here? They don't, not no, here. no okay. Burlington Uber. Taxi oh. cabs though. All right. Okay. Um, but Calvin, before we get into our yeah, you yeah. know more in-depth uh, uh, you know questioning of our friend Benjamin, uh, you were, you wanted to say something about your week. Oh, yeah. I, I, you maybe can hear it in my voice. <laughs> I have, I'm stuffed up a little bit. I've been battling a cold. Monday I worked outside and in the rain, I was wet all day, and then I got a really bad cold all week. But where it really started off bad was my wife was away for work all week, so I had bachelor week. Oh, and bachelor I kind of thought, like, eh, it kind of sucked, but I was like, eh, you know, it'll be okay. Bachelor week, hang out at home, eat some bad food, yep. 
whatever. It was a disaster. It did not go well <laughs> at all. By the not at day. all what I expected. I was sick the first day, throwing up on Tuesday. Yeah. It was awful. Really? So many things went wrong. So last week, you talked to me about this story of you being in the hospital with a burning ember in your eye. Was that last that, week? Or whatever, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and now you're, ago. And now you're, uh, you were sick all I week. I know. I never get sick. This winter, I've got sick twice, and it's been the worst. Really? Yeah. And is that that's it? So your wife was gone. That's kind of it. I mean, I could drag it out and tell you all the horrible things that happened to so me, but it was just <laughs> it was just one of those bad weeks. So you did you find adventure in your everyday this week, or were you just bedridden? No. What I did what did you do to combat it, man? This is what we do on this podcast. <laughs> I know, I know. Down. To combat it, well, I I had this weird thing like Tuesday I was sick, and I always have this weird I'm sick, but I I never know how much of it's just mental, right. how much I can overcome just if I you know, getting gear right. and, and start. So Tuesday morning I was like up and dressed for work and then I decided to not go to work. So then I just kind of groveled around the house right. and felt sorry for myself. And then the <laughs> afternoon I picked it up. I, <laughs> I had a, a big attitude change and decided to be productive and, yeah. and, uh, but I was still really sick. And so I think it's major mental for me, major mental game. Yeah. yeah major mental. So game. if you were going to go do anything, it, it was, it was all mental. Yeah, for sure. So it's funny that you say Katie was gone. Your your Katie was gone this week. So I was also away on business this week from my Katie. So both of our s- spouses were uh, on on our own. But so it we should have shacked up <laughs> to help each other out. Uh, so it's interesting though, because I was in so I was in Regina for a couple of days. And anytime I go away on business, I'm like, okay, so I'm going to a new town. Can I find someone to do an interview? Or like, again, right. how can I like live out the podcast? the philosophy that we're starting here yes, and yes. for the most part I, I did not do a good job when I was in Regina but right. at one point I just was sitting in this nice park and ch- you know called a couple of friends that I hadn't chatted with for a while and just watched the city go on around me and I tried out a new restaurant that someone had recommended so I'm not like I don't think it was a total loss but um, w- one thing that I that I found on this trip is when I got home from Regina the next day I was gonna have to be in Toronto so I stayed at a hotel um, in Toronto, uh, the night that I got back and I, I don't, do you like hotels or do you not like, hotels? I like the idea of hotels, but then once I'm there, I don't really like it. Yeah. So but it's he, fun to go there. Yeah. So here was the story. So Katie booked a couple of hotels cause she's studying for the bar exam right now. She just finished law school and now she's got to write her big tests Okay. and she booked a hotel really close to where the bar exam was supposed to be written so that in, the night in, bef- Toronto? in Toronto, so okay. the night before she could be really close so in the morning she didn't have to drive through crazy gotcha. rush hour traffic and we yeah. all hate traffic yeah no kidding hey calf you like traffic don't get me sorry <laughs> <Yeah. traffic. laughs> okay. guy who never has been in traffic before it's so worse so again smart decision she booked it uh booked it in advance for june now and a super deal on expedia so this is this is where the adventure part of the story is going with like a website like expedia that helps you get deals on travel and on adventuring type things right this is not going to be a good review for Expedia. So oh, that's where I'm going with this story. So sour yes, grapes. Yeah, yeah. So you haven't even stayed there yet. You're already like just bashing. <laughs> already them. hating so, on yeah, it. Yeah. So so my Kate, room sucks. The <laughs> follow up to. Sir, you haven't even checked in yet. So, the website was awful. <laughs> so 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 Katie booked these two hotels days for her two exams that she has to write, but then they changed the location. So now she booked it on this amazing deal and called, and they could not cancel them. Because it was such a good deal. So now she was like, oh, man, now I just truly threw this money in the garbage. So I said, no, 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 don't worry. With my work travel schedule, I can uh, switch the day. We just switch the day, and I can stay there, and it makes sense, and I can expense it, and like life is good. Um, so she changes the day. I get the confirmation booked. It says, you're booked at this Toronto Pearson Hotel, which is borderline, like pretty sketchy when I rolled in. <laughs> and 
um, I get up to the counter. I say, all right, just checking in for Jeremy ends. And he's like, uh, sorry, sorry, what? And no, like, does not have my thing on file. Pulls up the reservations. Expedia changed them, but they did not send the changes through to this guy. So he was, like, as nice as he was, he was, like, pretty unhelpful. And so it came down after he, like, messed around for 15 minutes. He's like, you're going to have to call Expedia. So I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I call Expedia. They're like, your wait time is two minutes. Get on the phone right away. I'm like, perfect. Customer service. Great, great. I was on hold. For 40 minutes and this is at like 12 30 at night i need to wake up at six the next morning so at one like 10 after one i hear the phone ring in the hotel lobby the guy gets on the phone i'm on hold sitting over there i realize the guy i'm on the phone with is calling the guy at the front desk and so all of now they're going back and forth about trying to figure out how to Crazy. get this all figured out um and in the meantime, the guy at the hotel desk is getting calls from people who need to be picked up at the hotel. So he's putting everybody on hold, getting like all these requests. It's just taking forever. And I've been sitting in this lobby now for 40 minutes, just like nowhere closer to getting a room. And these, and I'm just on hold with this annoying <laughs> elevator music. <laughs> and then um, I was just about to get really, really ticked off and annoyed where I'm just like, dude, just give me a room and figure this out. Like, it's not my problem. It's yours and Expedia. So like... Right when I was about to get ticked off, uh, a young couple and their newborn child walk in the door. And so I'm like, oh, this is could be I'm just ob- observing. And my guy's way in the back on the phone. So they're like dinging the little bell to like get service. I'm like, yeah. hey, guys, sorry. He's just on the phone with Expedia for me. There was a mix up. And they were like, uh, we booked on Expedia, too. And then, oh, no. and then in the oh, end, no. they were like, and we had we had to change our date too. And so they look on the counter where he has all the reservations who still need to come in that oh, night. Yeah. Their name is not on the list, oh. so they're in the exact same thing oh, as me. Man. And this like poor little newborn, it's like one at this point, whatever, like almost two o'clock in the morning, and they have like a four thirty connecting flight out of Calgary. So like I'm just like, okay, this is like a message from God to not be so like like it always could be worse it provided yeah, some good sure. a good perspective at it, like a weird time and then you know basically in the end it, it was only another 10 minutes since they got there but they had to like change the baby out in the lobby and like do all this stuff while he was working it out so anyways we we ended up getting into uh into our rooms all right but i was just like how can this take so long to do yeah. this yeah and then the way this all kind of connects back to adventure as i was like okay so online booking travel super annoying i can see the benefit of the deals hotel stays kind of annoying um and it wasn't really that nice of a hotel but then i realized we did the right thing when we bought an rv we were at the mercy of no one and i was standing here i was like okay i'm a customer so businesses should put me first like that's the whole you know what good businesses do but here we are and i'm totally out of of, like i can't control anything in this situation what you should have done was booked through jordan at your oyster podcast episode two yes that was your first mistake did you guys just talk for like 10 minutes just to do a simple plug (laughs) (laughs) for a guy who like didn't even ask for it yeah 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 (laughs) yeah maybe we did yeah sorry that was a bit of a long story but anyways all the point of it is with a really nasty ending yeah so I, i finally get to sleep but that like when you're going to adventure take things into your own hands that so like you know that's i guess my was my key message there where i'm not really a big hotel guy like again we've always tried to stay at places like either through family or friends or whatever so getting into the whole hospitality industry in some ways is good when you're at good places but i saw the dark underbelly of the online world where there's that really big disconnect between the service that you see and the service that was actually provided one of the things that i find uh really interesting about hotels is when i travel to a place 
I spend the least amount of time in my hotel room, yet in terms of like percentage proportion of my budget spent on the trip, yeah, massive. it's like massive. Yeah. yeah. I'm literally just going there to sleep. Yeah. I don't need a drop your stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I've been staying at a lot of hotels for work lately, and it's so interesting to see the rates. Like you can go like a decent room for a hundred bucks, and then like a three hundred and fifty dollar room that's not even like that much nicer. No. And so it's like how are like that's another totally interesting topic is the hospitality industry and how it all kind of goes around. But you take full advantage of the pool when you're at these hotels. Uh, hello, <laughs> duh. That's how they get you in, and then you just <laughs> never end up swimming. Yeah, it's that like, that true. pool looks awesome. There, I'm going to stay actually, there. Nah, I said that I always swim in the pools, but that's actually a lie because that's the thing I almost always forget is my oh, bathing suit. Trunks. Like when I went to Florida, for sure, you remember your bathing suit. Right. But when you just go, when you're just traveling, you're to like... Regina? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing to come to mind is not bathing suit. Yeah, like, is there water? <laughs> Beach. <laughs> uh, that's, that's good. Uh, so on on this episode, we also wanted to chat a little bit about how the podcast has been going. As you know, we've you know we're seeking to help you find adventure in your everyday. So we hope that some of these funny anecdotal stories are helpful for that. That this kind of opening banter is a way for you to get to know Calvin and I a little bit better. And we just wanted to shout out some of the people who have been. Uh, who have been listening because we've been getting some kind of cool feedback and that's the other cool feedback. thing about podcasting. Fan mail. Fan yeah. mail. Let's we call it what it, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't be humble. No, well, there's, no time there's to be humble. feedback and fan mail. We want to uh, give a shout out to uh, Nicole from Luxembourg. That was cool. That was really cool. That was a great email. Yeah, we got a, yeah. and she just had found our podcast. What, uh, yeah, what she's doing in her life and how, uh, how we're affecting her. Yeah. She's maybe putting into uh, practice some of what we are talking about. Yeah, it was Great cool to hear. to hear someone totally random say that yeah, yeah. the stories we talk about are inspiring and even motivating them to to add more adventure to the everyday. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got another message from a friend of mine, Andrew, who he was emailing us from a tiger reserve in India. I thought it was a leper colony. <laughs> <laughs> I like, le- like people with leprosy. <laughs> leprosy. <laughs> was Never it leopards or leprosy or Do tigers? We still Don't give him a touch them. <laughs> Yeah, he's doing amazing work over there. He's a he's a healer of uh, people with leprosy. It's a important work, man. Important work. Very important work. So Andrew messaged us and was uh, that, so that was pretty cool. And just talking about uh, adventure and uh, my father-in-law Tim has been enjoying uh, enjoying us as well. Which Jeremy's been, father-in-law uh, Tim is our biggest fan <laughs> by far. <laughs> which is just uh, so encouraging. Oh, it's amazing. It's just great. Yeah. So we just want to thank you guys so much for uh, spending time with us and and. Uh, another big thing that we want uh, to do on this podcast is make it really practical for you to actually add more adventure in your everyday. So we're doing something. Uh, we've added something to our website. And Calvin, you want to tell them a little bit about it? Yes, we have added. Uh, we are now, is it Amazon Affiliate? Yes. Amazon Affiliate. Okay, so on our website, if you go to all the people that we have featured, kind of at the bottom, there's going to be a little area that says, this is how you can find more adventure in your everyday life. Click here. Click there. Click that there. That will link you to Amazon.com or CA. Yep, CA. 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 And uh, we have, we've just selected some really cool stuff based on the conversation we had with the guests. So um, Zach and Hannah, we talked a lot about ultralight backpacking, yep. traveling, um, hiking. So we have some really cool camping equipment, uh, minimalist backpack stuff there um, that you can click on. And you know maybe that's going to be the, uh, the jumpstart to you 
uh, starting your adventure. I'm really, really curious to see what product <laughs> you guys choose after my uh, interview. Yeah. I think it's going to be a huge indicator of what you guys thought of me. Yeah, That's kind of what it is. It's like a little <laughs> little trinket of our memory. Yeah, something that we think of. So the other really cool thing about these whole Amazon links, if you if you listen to podcasts, you probably know that Amazon offers their associates a commission on anything that is purchased when you click through the link. So for us, we hope it's this kind of cool, you know, uh, win-win because when you go there you can buy something that uh, might help you add more adventure or it just links you to Amazon and then and then uh, any you can just keep going and sh- doing your regular shopping right. on that website but what it does is it gives us a four percent commission on anything that you buy so right. so so far we've probably spent probably close to seven hundred dollars on the podcast for you know Squarespace sub- uh, subscription for our website we have a SoundCloud subscription for to actually host the site uh there's a bunch of equipment that we've bought and we we don't need money for that like it's this we love doing this and we're happy to spend that money but if you are interested in this kind of thing it's kind of a a neat way that we can get a little bit of money to keep making the show better maybe put out some ads so more people can hear about it start paying your guests yeah right (laughs) just just a little bit for all your future guests i should just throw that in for them yeah so far ben's just had to pay us he had to pay for his go train ticket to get here and everything and for this some of the equipment at earlier you'll be hearing from my agent (laughs) yeah we told him to bring beer yeah yeah. it's byob yeah so it's just a cool way where we get a little bit of uh a little bit of a kickback i've already used it for some of my own stuff and, and 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 here's the other thing if you're shopping on amazon you're probably already giving somebody else a kickback anyway because the way that it works is right. the link is saved into into your computer for 24 hours. So anything you buy on Amazon for the next 24 hours, we would get the kickback. So if you shop on Amazon, uh, you're you're probably unknowingly supporting Google. supporting somebody else or yeah, supporting yeah. Google or someone. So yeah. it'd be really cool if you could click through uh, our link and oh, you can find gosh. that on the site. I think what Jer's saying is click the link buy whatever that item is but then <laughs> don't feel free <laughs> to go out and buy a boat yeah a buy boat. a house yeah, a, boat. yeah. a car yeah a car yeah. could just do. all high ticket items make sure you click that's that right. link on the open road pod first i think we, that's gonna else, help these we guys a lot some pretty cool stuff up there like yeah. a brew your own beer kit yeah yeah it's pretty cool and that's something that'd be fun to do so i mean we think it's a win-win because again the whole podcast is about helping you find adventure in your everyday and Listening is really the first step. This is sort of just a it's not going to really change any of your behavior because you're just you're just listening. But if you actually get an item, a book you can read or a a thing that you can actually do, um, that is really taking it to the next level. So um, that's what we want to do. And again, if you have more suggestions, we we love hearing about how we can continue to make this show something that's that's actually helping you do that. So, again, thanks for the encouraging story so far. And uh, keep that up. And also uh, coming up, we're going to have a couple of uh, stories of how to find adventure in your everyday. we got some friends who are sending in a few uh, little voice clips we're going to be playing. So, if, again, if you have those, send those in to us. We'll put them on the show. Yeah, totally. Kind of fun to hear those. Absolutely. All right. Well, Ben's been sitting so patiently. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's It's quiet. been a long time, guys. <laughs> <laughs> when you said banter, I was like, okay, a minute, and then you'll hear me minute speak for, for 30. Yeah. 
Yeah. But, no, so Ben, good. why yeah, into it. why uh why on earth would we even would we even want you on this show? What what is it that you do? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, that's something that I asked myself <laughs> on the go train today coming in. I was listening to uh, your podcast, and I just want to start off by saying like you guys are doing a great Stop job. Stop it! And I'm not just saying you are. It, you are. <laughs> I'm not just saying that because I'm on it, and I want you guys to pay me, but. Um, <laughs> I, I seriously think, like, I, I was asking myself that question on the train on the way here. I was like, you have people who have startups in Africa. You got Jordan Bishop, who's saving people money on their, their flights, yeah. um, like, doing these really big things. And I'm I'm thinking to myself, I'm just a guy from Oshawa, <laughs> and that's where it stops. <laughs> no, no, no. Right? So, um, no, I think uh, I think it's probably my artistic background that that brings me here. Today. Yeah, you know, we're gonna get into a bunch of things with Ben today. He, um, I met Ben when we were at Laurier together. Uh, we were in the same. Uh, we went to business school together, and we connected through kind of a mutual love for uh, video. No, 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 no. We met first through. Uh, I actually mentored you. I forgot about that. I don't remember oh. that. In the I pitch competition. I don't remember that at so all. So I, <laughs> I helped Ben win second. First place? First place, man. I know, first place. <laughs> first place in the PepsiCo pitch competition yeah. okay. where he had an idea. Uh, A new Pepsi flavor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was called Cherry. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So they it, loved it. it <laughs> so in my first year of business school, I did pretty well in uh, a pitch competition where you had a minute and 30 seconds to pitch an idea to investors, and then you were up against the rest of the class. Cool. And, uh, you know, um, so, that, so the next year I, I talked to the prof, and I was like, hey, can I help? Uh, get the pitch competition going this year again and that year they got a sponsor Pepsi yep. and they were going to give the winner of the con- competition an interview for their co-op job yep so Ben quickly rose to the top as someone who was really interested in the pitch competition I made a video he said hey Jeremy can you help me out I rewrote his pitch for him I told him everything <laughs> he needed to do he won first place and then got a job at Pepsi so I'm actually partly responsible yeah. for everything did you, that you do became. the pitch for him because you guys look kind of similar <laughs> yeah, yeah. just put his glasses on and that was it yeah I was going to say that last minute <laughs> I wasn't going to say that because Pepsi's probably listening and now yeah, they yeah. think is an imposter ben passed but. out a minute yeah. before couldn't do it yeah um, so that's where we met. But Ben has uh, gone on to start a really cool film company. He films music videos and wedding videos, and he's dabbles in comedy. And he's kind of uh, a really great uh, guest for our ongoing series on uh, arts and culture. He is our arts and culture. He is arts and culture. <laughs> he's covered everything. In yeah, that. truly. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's been fun. So, Cal, um, wh- where do we want to start? You choose. I want to start. Um, let's direct him here. What he should. Let's start with. Uh, okay, let's start with what you actually make money doing, and then what you don't make money doing. Um, so I I uh, I work full time right now. Um, I'm a marketer at uh, Procter and Gamble, so I work uh, uh, managing VIX, Clear Blue, and ZQL, which is it's a lot of fun. Um, when I think back, uh, like five years ago, when I was in just starting business school. Um, I never thought that I would be uh, a 25-year-old male selling pregnancy tests. Yep. Um, and I know Le- legit. legitimately selling pregnancy tests. And uh, I've been on, you know, a couple customer calls, and I have these out-of-body experiences <laughs> where I'm looking at myself, and I'm like, Ben, you're you're just so ridiculous right now. You're you just know so much about pregnancy tests, ovulation Man, what color tests. What is it and, exactly? Yeah, yeah. 
And so that's also they- pause here. What's an innovation <laughs> in the pregnancy test? There's like the plus and the minus. What could be cooler than a plus and minus? So like one of the products that I work on, which is is really really cool, is called Clear Blue uh, Weeks Estimator, Weeks Indicator, depending on whether or not you're in Canada or the U.S. Different names. Um, and it's actually a pregnancy test that when you test, it tells you how many weeks along you are. No way. There's the innovation right there. Pregnant. And it's. To be honest with you, like the technology is just mind blowing wow. the science that goes into it. So that's what I work on that I that I make money at. That's uh, that's what technology I make money Technology for at. urine. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to really So you're a urine technologist. <laughs> yeah, I don't design it. I don't uh, I don't dabble in that, uh, per se. I'm more just selling. But that's uh, actually important work. Side note, they just figured out you can test early signs of cancer through like a drop of blood. Hmm. So Sci- very cool stuff yeah. happening in science right now. That's the thing about science is like I got to grade eleven biology, and I was just like I don't I can't do this. Yeah, and I wish I stuck it out because <laughs> that's where all the cool things are happening right. now, like robots and stuff. Like that's really cool things to be involved in. Totally, and I would bring absolutely nothing <laughs> to a robot team <laughs> except comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I keep things light. Yeah, it keeps things nice and light. So, so, uh, so you're working at Procter and Gamble, yep. um, but y- let's also hear a little bit about Real Tang Films. So, where did that start, and why do you love creating videos? Yeah, I think um, I got into music video production. It's a pretty long-winded story, so I don't know how far you guys want me to go back. But yeah, I already did a long-winded one, so so don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, how did Real Tang Films came about? Well, it actually started. I did uh, musical theater back in the day, and that was like something that really resonated with who I was as an individual and I really loved to perform and more importantly I really loved to create yeah um and that kind of through doing theater for I think it was five years I met a lot of like-minded people a lot of people who also love to create um and essentially it was it was kind of weird um a couple years went by we went our separate ways after doing our respective shows and uh, I actually had a reunion that was uh it would be now like five years ago um, where I met my now business partner, Nathan Pigeon, um, and we were at a campfire and uh, we were just talking and we were like, man, I, I really want to create something. I'd love to do music videos. I'd love to do short films. Um, and Nathan like just simply said, well, I got a camera. Cool. And that kind of started us on this journey of, of working on music videos. And we couple months later had the fortune of working with our first client who we still work with today his name's Braden Berry of Say We Can Fly and he's someone who's he's really pretty big I've looked at some yeah. videos by him he's he's was he on Warp Tour and stuff yeah he was on Warp Tour which was which was huge cool. yeah so he he we were fortunate to meet him when he was I think in grade nine or ten cool. and I distinctly remember sitting down and hearing him sing for the very first time and it was it was just such a pure experience for me. Like he was uh, no recording, no nothing, just yeah. performed live, and it was just so amazing that I was like, I need to work with this guy. Cool. And so we did that video pretty well for free because it was our first one, and he was willing to take a risk, and uh, we were too to just try it out. And so we filmed um, our very first song which was uh i think it was dandelion necklace was was the first and this one is all just did. on the little cool pics <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so it's yeah, on an iphone 4 <laughs> hd yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah man it was uh it was really good low low production value we filmed it in all of 20 minutes um then we cut wow. it down and, and and just threw it online and really the rest is overhead. history that's how you do it though how you make it in that business yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure well that's the the one thing that i've i've most definitely noticed is i in preparing for this i looked back at the videos and 
um, just how far you can come when you just continuously work on something. Um, it was kind of interesting to see where we started and, yeah. and where we're at now. So, hmm. really and so, so where are you at now and what do you see? <coughs> see, looking, <laughs> <laughs> looking forward. <coughs> yeah. Um, so 2015 was a, was a really big year for us. We were working with Braden. We did two separate music videos with him and I would, I would love to take the credit for it, but, but I can't, but, uh, we did two two separate, The Distance That Took You Away and then uh, Song of the Sparrow were the two songs we did music videos for. And the Song of the Sparrow was, uh, when we released it, it actually was premiered on uh, MTV. Wow. Which was, which was huge. Wow. There, yeah, it was, it was amazing. Cool. And when, how they release it is there's like a, a sign that goes on the TV and it's a picture and a graphic of all the songs that are being loaded that day to oh, yeah. their rotation. And uh, it was like Blessings by Big Sean, Drake, and Kanye West. Yeah. It was Cody Simpson, and then it was Steve Aoki and someone else, and then it was Braden Berry, Say We Can Fly. That's amazing. Song of the Sparrow. And it wow. was like one of those moments where I was just like, wow, this is really cool. Obviously, Braden had a whole bunch of fans that made that right. happen, yeah, but yeah. just to be a part of it was was really awesome. Yeah, and, to, and so often with so many of these big names, you're like, you have no idea how they got anywhere. And yeah. so when all of a sudden you're seeing someone you know with their name somewhere or with them getting certain exposure, it kind of opens your eyes to, oh, this is possible or, oh. Yeah. And then you start to think about what it took to get him there and all of that other cool stuff. But it, I'm sure it was really neat to see uh, to see that up there. Yeah, it's it's um, I think what happens this day and age is we just see people's success. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like things go viral and that person becomes a celebrity right, or whatever. Right. Yeah. And what was super refreshing and kind of interesting to see with with Braden was uh, we started with him when he was in high school and and uh, he he wasn't sure if he was going to do music. He was still kind of figuring that out. And just just the the many milestones that he just continued to hit year after year. Yeah. Like started on Warp Tour, um, only did one show. Uh, then he got to do a couple more the next year, and now he's fully invited wow. to be a part of it. And it's just seeing kind of that progression. Like he works every single day, yeah, um, which is really inspiring. Really inspiring to see someone go after their dream that that hmm. uh, that intently. So yeah. When yeah. I think of that whole kind of video thing from a standpoint of adventure, it kind of sounds like you were on the like you you helped someone like live out an adventure through some of the work that you did um have you found that true for other people that you've worked with or do you find even just being as this as your own adventure doing the doing the video stuff well it's yeah or is I, it both i think uh, i think it's a combination of both um my own adventure would be like making films and yeah. and creating and and it's great to be a part of someone else's dream it's um it's really when i'll i'll say that uh you really tell the difference when you work with someone who's fully committed to it and they're right. living their life and they're taking those risks and they're on yeah. this adventure and being one of those people that you meet that is on that journey um, is really awesome. You learn a lot about yourself, obviously, through that. Like, if you look at any movie um, that's like a classic adventure movie, yep. the person traveling meets several people along the way. Yeah. Right? Uh, Wizard of Oz is a prime example of sure. that. Um, to which I, I love being the Tin Man or, you know, like one of those people right. who helps people along the way, um, because it keeps everything new and, oh, it keeps everything, uh, 
refreshed and new for me. Yeah. Um, because I'm I'm collaborating and working with different creative people right. every time, which keeps things really mm. really fresh. Mm. So cool. Mm-hmm. Really great perspective. One one thing we kind of keep coming back to on this podcast is uh, a book that we both read called A Million Miles in a Thousand Years by Donald Miller. It talks all about the the elements of a good story. And what you said there is is one of the key elements he talks about is, uh, you know, the hero of every story uh, needs to undergo some sort of transformation. And the cooler the transformation, the cooler the story. But right. along that way, they need to find a guide. And, uh, you know, there's usually an incident that happens in the hero's life where they need to now change something and they don't know how to get there. And then it's a guide that kind of can help them along that way. And that's like, you know, one of the key elements to any good story. You think of Yoda and Luke or, you know, Harry and um, uh, what's his name? Hagrid or, like, you know, (laughs) any of these guys. But it's what kind of adds that really cool element. So uh, it's really neat to hear you as someone who... um, says you know this is my own like adventure and i'm enjoying this space but i'm loving seeing how some things that i do can help people kind of along on their own journey while you're still you know the hero of your own story doing your own thing and and all that it's really cool yeah yeah yeah. that's cool cool well then i really really want to talk about your comedy career (laughs) and and okay just how that all started. It just unfolded a little bit for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how did I get into comedy? So um, I did uh, Second City in high school, and Second City is an improvisation school in downtown Toronto. And I did uh, – it was actually a friend of mine who got me into it. He was doing it uh, well before I was, and he said, you should come try this out. Uh, you're a funny guy. And I was like, oh, shucks. Um, <laughs> and uh, – he was like, you should come try it out. So I, I did a class, and then um, I was fortunate enough to get the opportunity to audition for their teen troupe, which, for those that aren't familiar, it's uh, it was a year-long program where we worked towards two main stage shows in the Second City Theater, and one was an improvisation show, and the other was a, a sketch comedy show. And that's really where I got my first taste of um, doing comedy from a performance standpoint. But as I look back over my life, I... I've always loved to make people laugh. It's the one thing that kind of keeps me going. And mm. it's, uh, I, it's an amazing feeling when you get someone to laugh. And I remember distinctly kind of watching, you know, my dad was someone who would always make people laugh when I was a kid. Yeah. And yeah. I would show up and like try and throw in my two cents and just kill the mood completely, <laughs> um, which uh, taught me to be comfortable in awkward silences, yeah. which is uh, a very good skill to have for comedy. So I did uh, sketch comedy at uh, Second City, um, and then I broke off and did some more improvisation. Um, and then I had always wanted to actually try stand-up, and the opportunity arose uh, maybe two years ago. I was uh, sitting in uh, my basement <laughs> during the summer out of university looking for something to do. I was pretty bored. Uh, Netflix, I don't think, was all that big. I couldn't afford the (laughs) subscription. Um, So I saw on Facebook that there was an open mic like five minutes from my house. And it was going to be that night. So I just sat down and I wrote some of the jokes that I had in my phone, um, memorized them. And I I went out to this really small room where I met this guy, Russell Roy. Um, And he's one of those people that... you know, one of those like uh, Tin Man or the guide. Yeah, he was one of those guys. He, yeah, he was a guide most definitely. Um, and I just showed up unannounced, and I said, "Could I grab five minutes?" And he's like, "Absolutely." What's your name? And it was my first time. I had never done stand up before, and he was the MC, and he literally set the stage just so perfectly for someone doing it their first time. Huh. He talked about me as if like 
we were friends for so long and he had seen <laughs> me and like finally built up the courage to do something. Um, and that just was like such an easy transition into stand up wow. comedy. And, um, I did that for, uh, on and off for a couple years. And so do you think that was a good way to do it? Just, just I- I- impulsively and had a couple zingers lined up and yeah, just yeah. go and uh, see how they, see how they react. Yeah. I think it's, as soon as you start thinking about stand up comedy, a lot of things pop in your head. Like, yeah, I'm the only one up there. Right. I don't have a prop. I can't like I can't rely on just a prop to make me funny. Like it is just me. Huge expectations. Exactly. Right. It's like with you guys with this podcast. Right. You just have two microphones and and your very sensual voices. Yeah. Um. And that's what you're relying on. Mm-hmm. And so when you go up on stage and if you have to think about that, then chances are people aren't going to do it. Right. Right. They're going to be like, it's too scary. I'm scared what people are going to think about me. Um. And as soon as soon as you put those aside, then you just got to go do it. Hmm. You just like, right. you may have a small window of opportunity where you're in that mindset and you just got to go do it um, because you'll never regret that decision. Right. It was awesome. The uh, Pete Holmes, the comedian, his podcast, what's that called? You made, you made it weird, I think. He, yeah, you made it. He has, uh, he has lots of comedians on and he interviews lots of guys and always kind of goes over their first uh, shot at stand-up comedy mm-hmm. and just it's filled with disaster stories <laughs> and guys just sweating bullets before and did you experience any of that yeah i mean <laughs> as soon as i walk so where i did my stand-up for the first time it's uh it was at buster rhinos and buster rhinos is a rib and like smokehouse in a downtown oshawa okay. <laughs> and they have like a small room in the back yeah and um, I went there probably early on when that was turned into a comedy room, and I showed up, and there may have been, like, five people outside of the comics. As soon as I stepped through that door, I was just like, oh, man, what am I doing? Like, I can't I can't do it. Like, what if they don't think I'm funny? Um, and I was super, super nervous. And then my name was called to go up on stage, and it just kind of went away. It huh. just, like, completely was like, well, I <laughs> can't. Can't back out of it now. I committed. Yeah, I'm I'm going up, and and that's a that's a feeling that I've felt um, throughout all my performance, uh, all my performances. I should say that I've done over the course of my life is really upwards to like a minute before you go on, your anxiety is just so high. Yeah, and then you hit this moment where you're just like, well, let's see what happens, and at that point you just go in. Um, you remember your lines because moments before you're like, I don't even know what I'm going to say first. Um, But you just kind of hit this zone where you're like, well, this is, let's do it. Let's rock and roll and lock and load. So it was very stressful. Yeah, it was really, really cool. So do you find that that zone just, like you say, just kind of flows out of you all of a sudden? Like it just like you, this switch gets flicked somehow and it's just like, all right, I know what I'm doing and you go and do it. Yeah, it's like I'll... uh, I don't, I, my own personal like process is I don't talk to people before shows. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, which, uh, people are like, I, you're an asshole. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've come to see you perform and you won't even talk to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You walk in, the guy's like, Hey Ben, how's it going? I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, and I gingerly touch his lip. Um, I know. Yeah. So I like to just be with myself and, and just leave and kind of just get in the mindset. And I go through my, my, set multiple times and during that time my my anxiety does start to climb and climbs and, yeah it climbs it gets more and more intense i get like more anxious to just do it yeah um and then 
I'll run through my set and I'll finish and I'll be like, okay, I'm not going to think about it anymore. Yeah. And I go in um, to the space and I just hang out and I just chill. Um, and that's kind of when I start to hit my zone of, right. okay, I'm feeling it. This is what the room's like. Um, and then I just go up and do it. It, it is very much like a, a switch that kind of huh. goes on. I can't control it. I wish I could. <laughs> <laughs> just but turn no. on. Yeah. So what, what does it feel like when you're on stage and like all of a sudden like the crowds are really jiving with you and like, yeah, like well, do you ever have them like in hysterics? Like I haven't seen a lot of comedy shows. So like, but I've, I've listened to some comedy. And it's like, it's always like funny to listen to, but what's it like to do it live and yeah, what's it like to be on a roll? Well, like for me, a, a laugh is, is like taking a, shot of heroin <laughs> i have never taken a shot of heroin but that's that's what i chalk it up to be sure um like it is such a rush yeah. i remember i finished my last set or my first set sorry and um there were again only five people in the audience but just getting two people you don't know to laugh on a first impression is just so rewarding yeah and i remember coming off that stage being like whoa was that five minutes like it just went by like a blur really um and i was on adrenaline i didn't sleep that night i was just up all night yeah. like not even <laughs> doing anything i think i was <laughs> literally just lying there and then i get up and walk around um and i've had some shows where i've, I've been on a roll and they happened uh um later on and sure. so i was really able to just jive and be in the moment and that is just amazing because I'm very re responsive to people's energies. Yeah. Um, and the crowd was, was really amped. Right. Um, and they were loving my jokes as They're far as I could tell. begging for more Jar Jar Binks impressions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, out of the 10 people in the audience, 10 of them were my family. Right. So uh, that was, no, it was, it was like, it was just such a thrill that yeah. people felt my point of view um, was funny hmm. and my stories were funny right um it was just so amazing to be like these people are not thinking about anything else they're on this journey with me and we're just having a good time yeah that's awesome now i've been on the other side <laughs> when it's not going so well and that's a whole other ball game um you gotta like fight you're essentially fighting for people's like attention span right. Um, cause yeah. they really judge you in the first five seconds you're on right. stage. Oh yeah. And I remember going up, uh, on, on the, one of the last times I was, I was doing it and it was just silence and I don't know what, like I've thought about it so much. Mm. I don't know what it was. Uh, it could have been the room, could have been me. My timing was off. Could have been just the people, could have been how they had their day, what they were expecting. I was going to say all these factors and it was just dead silence for 15 minutes wow and yikes and that was just like that shook me to my core i believe it and it, it was it's hard to recover from something like that um i haven't gone back yet same set same set so you know it was it works i knew it worked actually when i thought about the variables all the variables were the same so i did this the set that i bombed two weeks earlier i did the same set i was opening for a comedic uh, magician um that's an amazing combo <laughs> yeah not only is he making you laugh he's blowing your mind at the same time a whole other level of entertainment yeah. i can't wrap my head around that yeah i can't even make people like just straight up laugh and this guy's pulling off card tricks pulling pigeons out of his pants Sawing people in half <laughs> yeah, yeah his name's jason palter and he's like he was he was amazing both nights and like i opened for him the first time um i did my set 
I crushed. It was great. I'm a clean comic. He's a yep. clean comic magician. <laughs> um, and then I came back two weeks later, did a similar set, but I wrote some more jokes about Jason being a magician and how he's still living in his parents' basement as a result of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Jason thought they were funny, but everybody else in the room didn't. Wow. Right, so um, you were just adding on. I was just building on. Yeah. And it, yeah, and I was, it was just like, whoa. Crazy. I was about to ask, do you think it was the capital from him that helped like everyone in the room was like knowing what to expect but if it was the same crowd for the same magician that's so strange yeah it's one of the things is is really interesting and my personal opinion on comedy people have different opinions um we're interested in yours yeah okay well let me talk about someone else's um (laughs) but when when i think about comedy there's two camps there's the people who are like comedy has a shock factor i should swear Swearing's totally cool. I can yeah. be dirty. And and I think, yes, you, there is a way that you can be a dirty comic and it can be funny. Yep. Um, but there's you walk a very fine line, a very fine line where you can really alienate yourself from the audience because they may have personal experiences that uh, you're trying to make fun of. Sure. Right. And I think one of the things that at least amateur dirty comics uh, aren't mindful of is that you should never make fun of the victim. Um, and hmm. when they go down that path, right. I think they don't treat that enough with respect. And so people very quickly turn um, and are like, you suck. And they just don't laugh. Right. And because and I imagine if you don't do that very tastefully, like it's just a cheap joke. Yeah. Right. Like it's just kind of an, an potentially an easy target or like it's just not like it's very like you say, it's that really fine line. Yeah, I. it absolutely is. It's. As a comic, when I what I challenge myself to do is write a joke that at the end I don't have to put the F word to make it funny. Right. I think that's what you find with the dirty comics who are very famous is if you were to take out the swearing, it is still a very intelligent joke and sure. it's still a very accurate commentary on our society. Hmm. Um, so that's the one thing that whether or not you want to be a dirty comic down the road, I think it, it makes so much sense to do years of just clean comedy hmm. because what it does is uh, is it forces you to focus on what am I com- like making a comment on right. yeah. what can I say that makes this funny what is my point of view on this not what can I say with the F word or w- how can I jazz this up using swearing it's like if you get a really well structured joke yeah. swearing could amplify it uh, if you've got the juice. If you, you got go, the juice, you gotta roll that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like that's the thing. If the flavor's right, then throw in a little extra spice, and you can by all means do that. But I think what turns people away from stand-up comedy is that there are a lot of people who who go in and swear, mm. um, and they swear for five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, um, and that's where I think I'm not going to blame any other comic, but I think that's where I struggle. Um, sometimes is uh, say five comics before me are all dirty comics and I come on and I'm straight clean. Right. People's expectations have already been set to be this is a dirty comedian show. Right. Um, and so I've been in instances where that works and I was that breath of fresh air. I've been in instances where um, the dirty comics have really disengaged the audience because that audience was looking for a clean show. And when I show up, it's... You know, it's a little too late. Yeah, They've right. already been like, I've seen it, done it. Here comes another dick joke. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Like 
and that's the uh, thing. So how, how many sets do we need to see? Of, like, yeah, do we need yeah, to yeah. Exactly. What's he going to talk about this time? <laughs> I mean, there's only so many components <laughs> that you can really analyze. Um, and so that's that's where it's. I think the community would benefit so much, at least at an amateur level, yeah. from people just trying clear, clean comedy. Plus, layering on top of the fact that. We're such a sensitive society now. Right. Mm. You can't say anything and get away with it. Yeah, people same. will tweet it. People will upload it to YouTube. Sure. You'll lose your career overnight yeah, if you just rub someone the just wrong way. Just a little bit more about that and just kind of um, with, with, with stand-up comedians, the mindset of anything goes in that room. Yeah. And it, that is for sure what some people like, even like getting into the race card or like mm -hmm. it's pretty, a lot of comedians would say it, it's it's fair game and, and – uh, well, and not just that it's fair game, but that it's important for nothing to be off limits, right? Yeah, for right. us yeah, to yeah. be able to laugh, exactly to point, for us yeah. to be able to laugh at all of the different parts of our in that society, kind of safe space. So, yeah, it's just it's an interesting. I think it's an interesting. Um, like comedians have a really interesting job, and I think an important part in society to mm -hmm. be able to do that. Um, but it's right. really interesting to hear you say, "How do we do that? And why do we do that? And." What does it look like to um, to not have to use certain techniques to be able to make those types of commentaries about society mm -hmm, and about mm -hmm. the way that we live and about all that other stuff that's going on in the right. world? Are, are shows like that taped, like recorded? I, I always record everything. But I just do, on my phone. But are they by the, the, the company? Uh, it depends. Like I think uh, some, some places right. do record it. Right. I think it's so valuable uh, listening back after you do a set just to hear what works, what doesn't. Um, because you can cut a few words and it just gets that much tighter. Right. Um, and to your point about like role, the role of comedy in society, it absolutely is to push bounds. I think a prime example of that would be Chris Rock on SNL when he did his whole 9-11 bit. And he's in New York City and he is talking about 9-11 and people were initially taken back by him going down that path. But he handled it with such delicacy and mm. he 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 just how he framed it when you think about the jokes that he was telling he was never ever siding with the opposition he was always conscious of the victim mm. he never went down that path and he got people to laugh um about such a such a terrible time in our world mm. and that I think is, goes a long way to help people heal. Yeah. Um, and just to think about it, and it, and it kind of removes some of the stigma, so people can recover from it. And I, I I think that's comedy. That is comedy's job at its finest. And even that too, having that kind of as the, the icebreaker to open up conversation about parts that you're uneasy talking about yeah. with other people initially. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you can, I find one thing. If if I get the sense from someone that they are feeling uncomfortable around me, which having red hair often has that impact. What are you talking about? <laughs> Jerry, you can relate. Um, uh, you actually <laughs> feel felt uncomfortable around you? Maybe it's just my like really pasty complexion. Yeah. They're like You're how blinding them. <laughs> how is this guy not sunburnt? The lights are on. Um yeah, I uh what were what were you talking about? <laughs> no, I, I very much use comedy um to to help people just get used to me and like let their barrier down yeah. Yeah. and just have a genuine conversation yeah, if sure. you get someone laughing yeah. you're relating on a whole different level yeah. right, which is which is amazing yeah yeah that's awesome mm -hmm. so do you see the uh, transition into becoming a dirty comic in your future 
no, <laughs> I don't. Uh, what I about a works. comic who walks out onto stage in like dirty clothes, <laughs> like white clothes yeah. with if that's grass what stains you mean. on them? Would that be funny, that's or that true. would people just be like, oh, "That's a dumb joke." That paired with just a huge slapstick act. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I would love to just like show. I would love to do like just character stuff, like permanent characters, like Borat. Sure. In Jar Jar. Jar Jar Banks. <laughs> Why do you do keep I going back to Jar Jar? Yeah, do, do I inspire <laughs> I you? I Star Wars journal. <laughs> So oh yeah, yeah. Fan. yeah! I got a Star Wars journal. I happened to get it for free, so, <laughs> so you, I didn't so really you... have a choice of what was on the cover. So you do love Jar Jar? <laughs> he ruined the Star Wars franchise. He Dude, ruined it. comedy doesn't ruin things. <laughs> Come on, you yeah, just told it. us how comedy is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Except now you're that is Jar Jar. the one area. That is the one <laughs> area where Jar it's Jar. unacceptable. So, so let's. Uh, so why was Jar Jar terrible? This <laughs> is something like I know that people hate him, but I watched those movies when I was like eight years old, whenever or whenever they came out. I wasn't eight. I don't, I don't know how old eight. I was. But so why did Jar Jar ruin <laughs> Star Wars in your opinion? I don't, I'm just voicing that because I know that's the the opinion of the majority. But exactly. So I yeah. don't know why they think yeah. he ruined it. But me as a not, not a Star Wars buff. fan, I love him. Right. I love Jar Jar. Yeah. And that's I an think... unpopular opinion. But now we all think everybody hates Jar Jar, so we just say that. But from a comics perspective, do you when have any Jeremy, extra thoughts? When Jeremy yeah. Enns had <laughs> dreadlocks, I used to always refer to him as Jar Jar Binks because they looked identical. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna call you that straight up now. Oh, um, gosh. Yeah, my opinion. Like, I think what Jar Jar represents is absolutely uh, <laughs> what's. It's great, right? Like, because when you take a look at a Transformer movie, yeah, you cannot sit through three hours yeah. of machines blowing up no, so and like people running relief. away from fire. So uh, Yeah, so we understand <laughs> comic religious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, how are you in high heels running through this industrial park right now? Like, I don't think we give female actresses enough, enough credit, credit for how many miles they put into high heels <laughs> in action movies. While a helicopter is shooting at them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, the perfect example, sorry to sidetrack, Jurassic Park, yep. that girl's running away from a T-Rex, <laughs> yeah. and she's wearing, like, nine-inch heels, and she's ripping it. And I was like, put a guy in those shoes. No, not going to happen. Never. He would give up. Yeah, he'd be like, eat me. <laughs> I'm done. So th that means, so we all understand that comedic relief is important, so, so it just important. means that Jar Jar was poorly executed is what is what makes sense to me. Mm, but, perhaps. I mean, I haven't watched that movie in long. In, 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 I don't think it's going to hold up. To the test of time, I don't think it will because right. he's he's CGI, right? Got like, it. Um, so that might have something to do with it too. But but his I've just failure never... may be his biggest success. <laughs> We're talking about him right now, like 15 years later. I saw this funny BuzzFeed article where it talked about how like Jar Jar was actually like a hero in disguise, <laughs> and it like showed all of his like amazing moves where he like did like a double backflip into the water <laughs> or like avoided droids like through. So he was like. You know, Jar Jar is tricking us all. He's actually like a true Jedi hero, and he's yeah, like yeah, just yeah. lurking until he's <laughs> like can make his heyday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just chilling out. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the best defense, right? It's like, oh, this guy, he's a pushover, and then next thing you know, kapow, right? Yeah, kapow. Yeah. Cool. So, Ben, could you leave our listeners with some some tips about how your experience in film, how your experience in comedy has um, allowed you to live uh, a more adventurous life and how they can maybe use some of those uh, tips in their own life to um, to create more or to find more meaning or to just make life a bigger adventure. Yeah, I think um, adventure is truly what you define it, right? Um, for me, um, I go on an adventure every time I create something. Hmm. Um, and what I would say to, to that is 
I've been very fortunate to meet several people over the course of my life who um, in some capacity have either supported me, worked with me, taught me, um, had patience to just guide me. Um, and I think that's that's been what's really brought the most joy to my life. As I think about all my adventures, um, you know, it's always been influenced by someone else. And f surrounding yourself with people who are driven, who are passionate, who are so concentrated on just perfecting one thing or many things or trying new things, surrounding yourself with those types of people, you're guaranteed to go on more mm. than one adventure. Right. Mm. Um, like a prime example of this is is my sister. My sister, um, love her to pieces, uh, she, she traveled for the better half of two years. Yep. She lived in Korea for a year and then... Um, and then traveled most of Southeast Asia, India. And what she did is she opened my eyes to the, the world of possibility um, and what, what's out there in the world. And um, I wasn't going to go on that adventure alone uh, and go see Asia by myself. And um, so I was fortunate to have Liz, who's my girlfriend, um, go on that journey with me. And had she not been there, I probably wouldn't have done it. And that was one of the the best experiences of my life. And Those pictures were great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, really, really good. I, I took all the photos, <laughs> even the ones of myself, um, from a distance. <laughs> it was a really long selfie yeah, stick. Um, it was also camouflaged and invisible. Um, and it's And whether those people realize it or not, they have had a profound impact on my life in helping me go on an adventure. Right. My sister did not meet me on the trip, but she was one of the reasons why I went. My girlfriend went on the trip with me, and she's one of the main reasons why I went. We both took that risk together. When I think about my production company, I couldn't do it alone. Um, both I would need clients who are musically talented to do music <laughs> videos yeah. for, um, but also my business partner brings such a, a unique sense of creativity and a different um, lens on things. And me and him together have, have challenged ourselves to just get better each and every time. And we can look at an adventure as our entire music video portfolio from beginning to where we stand today. Yep. Or we can look at it, the mini adventures along the way. And that's really what life is, I think, is right. just multiple mini adventures that you go on. Um, and it's amazing where that can take you. So, you know, we started with one, one music video, um, super low budget. And now we're getting them on TV. We have people reaching out, and it's, it's, it's those small milestones where you're like, I don't know if, if we should be doing this. I'm, I'm demotivated. I don't want to do another one. The last one, we were so cold. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be outside in the middle of winter. Um, all those small journeys and adventures that you go on just so pay off in the end. And, like, I'm still young, and I, I want to continue to go on those adventures. Yeah. So, awesome. Yeah. That's great, Ben. Thanks yeah, so much really for uh, thanks so much for hanging out with us today, for coming on the show, for sharing your perspective, for teaching us about comedy, for uh, telling us a little bit about what it's like to start your own film company. It's really been, opening uh, our eyes. Yeah, opening our eyes to a whole new world. Like initial thoughts, I just want to know what are you guys thinking? What what's my product that's going to go up on You're, on uh, Amazon? It's like a it, it, we talked er, plastic bag. <laughs> <laughs> It's like reusable uh, grocery bag. I was thinking a, a whoopee cushion would be great. <laughs> a whoopee Calvin cushion. said uh, before we started uh, a magic kit, and I think that could now be that good. actually would make sense because you talked about yeah, the yeah. comedic magician. It's but like, I have no magic talent. <laughs> yeah, but we don't really care about you that much. We just want to make money on Amazon. <laughs> and a magic kit is so hot right now amongst those They're kids. They're flying off the shelves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yes. Uh, no, I don't know. We'll uh, we'll think about it. We'll think about You'll it. See it soon. What I've done when I can't think of anything is I've put a book up there. But <laughs> I don't want to put a book for you. We'll put a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I need to get into reading. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't do enough of it. So if you put a book up, maybe I'll read that I'll one. Help you. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, Ben. Hey, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Benjamin Head. All right. That was awesome. That was great. So nice to really have good. him here in, per- in person. And what a goofball. <laughs> At the beginning, we did say it would maybe go long, and it did go a little bit long it for did. sure, but hopefully yeah. it was uh, enjoyable for you guys out there listening. Yeah, yeah. I think we talked about this earlier. He's our first uh, in-studio guest. Yeah. I think it was great. Yeah, and so nice to see him. I hadn't seen him since my wedding two years ago. Can you believe that? Whoa. And then I messaged him yesterday, and he comes over today. So it's I like actually can't believe that. I just <laughs> met him for the first time today, so... Yeah, but it could have lessened in spontaneity yeah. and in saying, all right, just saying yes to things. Yeah. So. Which is what I expected of him, but he had a great, uh, great practical tip. Yeah, it was excellent. Um, where you can find that in writing, that practical tip is on our website. I on don't know if website. you know this, but uh, on our website every week we write kind of a little bit of a blog post on each of our guests. We show a bunch of cool photos on there. And link to all of the ways that you can get in touch with him. So on there, we'll link to Real Tank Films and some of the videos that he's done, probably. And as you know, from the beginning of this episode, the brand new. Brand new Amazon affiliate links. Yes. So we'll put something we're featuring. up there. Yeah. Every uh, every person we have on there, we're going to try and find an interesting product to relate with what we talked about with them. Put it up on Amazon for you to check out and uh, just continue shopping while you're on there. Absolutely. Um, another thing we wanted to touch on just briefly is we've been getting some good feedback from you guys that you like our stories from the road that you're interested in to hear a little stories bit more, and banter. a little bit more about our, uh, road trips and some of the adventures that we've been on. So we're happy to chat about that type of stuff. And we've even thought of some cool ways we can maybe, uh, do standalone episodes with some of that content. So yeah, something a little different that we can uh, try out in the future, just going over some of our old trips, some of the highs, some of the lows. And, uh, yeah, just branch you into some new conversation. Yeah, some of the things that have shaped our adventure philosophy. So yeah. uh, expect that potentially in the future that there might be some alternate formats to the way that we do the show to keep content fresh for you Please guys. Please do not be alarmed. <laughs> exactly. All right, coming up next, we have a track by uh, Stephen Foxbury. It's called Slow Collapse. And this guy's from Pittsburgh. And uh, should be a good track. See ya. Words I cannot say. Forest.
So Ben, what's the best way to add more adventure to our everyday? Um, I think it starts with a big diet cola. So Ben, what's one way we can add more adventure to our everyday? You know, I don't shower at all. What I like to do is I I take a I take chicken and I put it in a blender, um, and then I throw in some ice, and then I grind it together. I find it tastes better. So Ben, what's one tip for anyone who wants to go on a big, a, a cool traveling trip? Just do it barefoot, really. Um, a lot of places are going to tell you closed-toe shoes. I would say, you know, be a rule breaker. Go barefoot. I was barefoot in uh, St. Paul's Basilica. People thought I was a disciple. You know, there's a lot of problems with adventure. What would you say one of the main ones is? Uh, the people. I think we're done. <laughs> <laughs>